right, what is going on, guys? It is time for the Chasing Waypoints podcast. We are back. Had a week off, and now we are back on, back in the saddle. Last time we were talking about going riding, doing some ride planning and stuff like that as riding season is coming back around. Somebody left the oven here in San Diego on, and so it's been a little bit warm, and, you know, us fair-weather riders trying to take the break off. But we are back, and we are back with a big episode Absolutely excited for today's guest. Working on texting the link to him now. But it's episode 32 of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. So, this week we've got a pretty awesome guest. It absolutely made this happen last minute, but it is absolutely excited. Our guest this time around, no stranger to Dakar. No stranger to training people to go to Dakar. Matter of fact, no stranger to training people, period. Which is actually pretty cool. And we're talking about the Dakar days when... The big board bikes were still around. 1,000 cc's of manly horsepower. BMW rider. All sorts of other stuff. Recently training some of the the greats in the Dakar. Including one of the guys who went up on the podium. May or may not know who that is. Wait on him to join in, but man, it has been a busy, busy week. Lots going on, warm weather. Spent all day Monday lining up guests and getting people ready to be on the show and uh, be able to teach or talk a little bit more about uh, some of the stuff going down. Turn the party down here a little bit. But yeah, it's been good. Got the suspension back on the 790. That is ready to go. And now we're just waiting to get some ride time in on it. Took the time to set the sag on it and get everything kind of ready to go. And I'm pretty excited. You know, I'm kind of a nerd like that. I like getting uh, getting a bike lined up. And is my sag just perfect? You know. Alex says 80 millimeters plus or minus five. And I say, okay, it's exactly 80 millimeters. And I know the plus or minus five will later come in as adjustments. But, you know, you got to do, got to get it right. Got to get it set up. So definitely looking forward to to getting that thing out in the desert and running around. Suspension definitely felt good. So anyway, enough of me blabbering. If I'm not mistaken, I think we've got Jimmy Lewis on the line. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, loud and clear. Okay. Didn't uh, did, <laughs> just this was a this was a just jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We can bleep it out later, and if there's anything that uh, you were not allowed to divulge, <laughs> we can. No, I'm pretty good at that. My whole life, I've been doing stuff <laughs> I wasn't allowed to talk about, so <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> 
You just do it and just so, don't so you're do, you're doing the you doing the intro. Is that the part where you talk about me and I don't get to hear it? Yeah, exactly. So you'll get to hear it when the episode comes out. But no worries. Didn't. Oh, that's okay. That's what people do all the time. So I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I try and paint the guests in, in the light, but I I was like, normally I give away who I talk to, but I don't know if anybody will guess it. I did mention BMW in there uh, because that's I, I right. I remember the poster in the shop when I worked at BMW uh, motorcycles, you know, <laughs> going, ah, manly to car bikes. Yeah, they ride girls bikes now. So, you know. <laughs> well, my money. Is and like, I like to I like to t- I like to tell them that, too, but they don't like to listen. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> my guess is, is probably we're about two years away from uh, 250s. That's that's what I'm thinking. I yeah, don't get me started on like some of the rule changes are good. You know, some mm-hmm. of the rule changes are just not very well thought out. And yeah. I you know I, I have opinions, I guess, like everybody. And mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, I try to I try to you know bring them in from years of experience mm-hmm. and trying to think about you know what what we're really trying to do and what's going on. But then again, I'm not a well, I have been a race promoter, but I'm not a race promoter of that magnitude and they have requirements that they need to meet and insurance regulations and safety. And they have to, they literally have to do stuff to demonstrate that that they're making, trying to make the sport safer and do things to, you know, um, mitigate, you know, bad things happening. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're racing motorcycles across the desert, high rates of speed. It's, um, it's kind of inherently dangerous. Yeah. It is just kind of goes, it's, it's par for the course. You get on two wheels with a motor with a ton of horsepower, or not even a ton. It doesn't take much to get into trouble. But no, it doesn't. You know, yeah. people get hurt on mini bikes all the time, and, and <laughs> like they, the they thought banning twin cylinders was the answer to this. Yeah. And it, it it didn't really. I mean, yeah, that you know, it's kind of funny. It just there's trends. It just mm-hmm. you just you know, it, bad things can happen at any time. It's you know that's why they're accidents. They're not. It's not done on purpose. Yeah, it wasn't planned. The one, the one that really got me, and I was like, when I first heard of the rule change, I was a proponent. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that that kind of makes sense because now you're bringing entire conservation into it. But when I talked to Skyler about it, he was like, no, bad, bad thing. Oh, the tire, the tire rule. Yeah, yeah. That, that was really stupid. Yeah, that one. That's that's a, you know, make it one tire a day, like it's always been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and I can see. You know, making it like they kind of trying to do some sort of spec tire, but there's so many tire brands out there. But really, they're all essentially Michelin's. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, what you don't understand is you think, okay, they're going to conserve their tire. Well, you you saw that they didn't. No. But what people don't understand is that the rear brake is for control. It doesn't really slow you down. It keeps you under control. And when you don't have traction, i.e., your tires worn out you start losing control of the motorcycle. This is a hundred percent not safe. And, and the riders know this, they probably just don't know how to explain it as well as I just did. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, they're all thinking about going faster and I'm thinking about slowing down. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's really what the, the, the tire rule made it difficult. And, and so on marathon stages, you know, they're, they they were never allowed to have wheels and yeah okay that's that's a nor- that's a normal that's a normal thing but having a certain amount of tires and all of a sudden you know maybe it was going to be a little bit like tire strategy in formula 1 which is kind of a thing mm-hmm. um this is you know essentially you know in formula 1's experience in this now they're having problems with safety because they're you know guys are pushing the limits of tires yeah and it's it's all it's all a balancing act in reality yeah 
and it, just finding that right conversation I, and or um, the right balance. And I can see like the the airbag stuff that they're working on. I think that's okay. Cool. You know that that I think that I think for the most part that's re- really good. I you know I've I've tried the vest on. I haven't deployed one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what they weigh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, F equals MA. So I'm always trying to get lighter weight and trying to make everything a little more simplistic. But then again, you want the maximum amount of protection. And um, Some of the newer vests, they've, they've had some generations of this stuff. It's getting better and better. So that, you know, and you're seeing it work quite well in MotoGP. And, and, they're, and the good thing about this and the real good thing is that this will get developed to a point that it, it'll become a consumer product. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then, then, then we're all safer for something that got pushed into regulation by racing. Yeah. No, I completely, completely agree on that one. And it, it you know, it's almost interesting that it, it, it wasn't around before or the, the, this idea didn't come up before. But I don't know if it was a technology barrier or what Te- technology. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was technology. Yeah. Oh, they've talked about it. I mean, I, I promise you like as, as much as you think BMW was like, you know, just antiquated in there. Mm-hmm their, you know, their, their traditions, you know, boxer engine and air cooled and all this stuff back in the day, they were thinking about some really out there stuff. In fact, they were one of the, the, the brands that really financed a lot of the, the, the early development of the neck brace and, and, you know, being a guy who doesn't wear neck braces, I can't wear them because they interfere with the way that I ride and stuff mm-hmm. like this. I, you know, it's just, you know, it, it's come a long way. And if that's something that you like to equipment that works for you i think you should have access to it i think it should be high level i think it's good and that you know and actually that that's a really good thing i um the neck braces so i was doing some research on it right i i ride primarily adventure bikes but i was doing some research on it and then i started seeing the disclaimers that basically they're tested to like some low speed like 30 mile an hour or something like that like i don't know all the specs on them but all of a sudden it didn't seem like it offered the protection that a lot of people make it out to be you're correct. And I know I know way too much about this because I was involved in the early development and the way that I ride with my shoulders shrugged. In other words, we, we jokingly call it low boy style. So I, I kind of shrug my shoulders and, and my, my head drops down a little bit. And so the neck brace bumps into my helmet and starts lifting it off of my head. Okay. And in order for a neck brace to be effective, it can in reality, it can only be to prevent what it's supposed to prevent what it was originally claimed to prevent, which is broken necks, it can only be a certain distance off of your your helmet. Because mm-hmm. the idea is the helmet crushes down, your neck's trying to break, but the, the helmet crushes down, hits the brace, the brace holds the, the neck in place and transfers the load someplace else. Mm-hmm. This is the design thing. But when you start learning about, like, you know, how how they work and that nobody was wearing them properly and all this other stuff, and then and then... You know, so all of a sudden the manufacturer started going, well, it's actually for secondary injury. So your neck's already broken and this is going to prefer, prevent further damage. And you're like, well, okay, do you, do you want, at that point, do you want it? <laughs> so, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, they, we get started in a lot of the controversial stuff. I was, I was a little upset when it was mandated, when all of a sudden it was mandated for certain types of racing and things like this, because I'm going to I'm going, the guys that are mandating this don't even know what they're talking about because they just don't know. Yeah. Cause you would have, in my world, you would have mandated me out of being able to race competitively. If I was doing a parade, I could wear a neck brace. If I was racing, I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, I agree with that. It's um, I, I have a problem too with with the mandating stuff like that. I would agree with that because yeah, what if like I'm a bigger guy 
And the neck braces, I've tried a couple of on. They're just not comfortable for me. And and I know if you're not comfortable on a bike and something's constantly bugging you, you're paying attention to the wrong thing. It's just <laughs> getting in the way. And so yeah, when you, when your go- when your goggle foam comes up into your eye, this is a big problem. Yeah. And 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 now now I'm way way more prone to crashing, which and so now at least I can use the neck brace. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ever want to use I don't ever want to use my helmet. I don't want to use my per- yes. protection, my my knee cups or knee braces or anything. I don't want to use any of it. Yeah. You but never want to find I, out I how good stuff, it is. <laughs> I put the stuff on that 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 makes me um feel protected and safe. It's, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a personal decision mm-hmm. and you know, what makes me feel safe and, and, and something that doesn't inhibit me being able to do what I should be able to do, you know, on, on, uh, on, on the bike. And yeah, there's some stuff, you know, that, that it's, it's, it's a toss up, you know, but there's certain things I use, certain things I don't, but that's, that's the joy of it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually figuring that out, dialing your whole kit in. And I mean, and you've got a couple years experience, right? Maybe. Yeah, I'm still learning. <laughs> still, still learning. Always learning. Speaking uh, speaking of learning, I've got your website up on the background here, and I'm looking at the, uh, the off-road training stuff. So there are a couple things going on here. One, I happen to know that you, you train uh, roadbook navigation and, and have trained a couple guys that, that have done really well for themselves. Yeah, I heard, I heard they did good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember their name. I, I don't. Yeah, it, it was uh, any anybody anybody in the last few years that's done really good is has has been around here for some period of time doing something. <laughs> nice. Well, and that's and and for reason. I mean, obviously the work the bit put in the work and yeah. and well, they ended up on a box. And, and that and, yeah, and that and that's really what it what it comes down to. I mean, so so my 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 basic my. I don't even know what my day job is. I, I do wear a lot of hats, but my my off road riding school. So this is where we focus on you know riding techniques, how to ride your motorcycle better. And in reality, we we teach um, you know a lot of novice and intermediate riders. That's what that's our bulk of our thing. And everything from guys that are that are just getting into off road riding. You know they've been riding on the street for a long time. Maybe they're you know on their first adventure bike. Um, we get a lot of guys that just want to be more comfortable and feel safer on their dual sport bikes. Mm-hmm. We do, you know, a certain amount of agency training, you know, sheriff's departments and, and, um, we've done some, you know, other, other groups that need to ride motorcycles for their jobs. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, I work with some high level racers on, on riding technique. And it's not that I can anymore come close to riding at their level, but we can, you know, from experience, you can pick out certain things that they're doing. And what we found, it's a lot different than I think a lot of the ways that other people teach is that it's, it's the very, very basics that you're, that you're messing up on. It's stuff you just kind of took for granted Mm -hmm. because it's kind of instinctive and you, you just carried this problem along with you. And now all of a sudden, you know, at a high level racer, you're at a point where it's really affecting you. And so the same thing with a novice, you know, novice riders or people in riding for a while are just breaking bad habits. We're going, no, that's not really, even though everybody tells you that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a mask for something that started a long time ago, hmm. you know, and it all comes down to two simple things, balance and traction, balance and traction. Cause anything that starts going wrong is a result of one of those two things. And, uh, and then it just gets exponentially worse as, as you increase the, <laughs> well, and I mean, is this is so I I think the question is, is going back. So, like you said, balance and traction. 
and going back to the BMW days where you had all sorts of horsepower and traction control, I don't think was around then. No, no traction control. So that was your wrist. That was that was all you, hundred percent human. Uh, but then also balancing, and I know the boxer engine kind of helps balance all this stuff. But uh, no, no, it's it's actually it's actually one of the it's actually for 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 balance it's actually one of the worst things because it it, it spins. Oh. Um, it doesn't spin in parallel with the bike. It spins off of the side. So mm-hmm. literally, if you if you want to do let's say a big jump on a boxer motor, mm-hmm. you better be scrubbing to the opposite side. Because ah. once you get in the air, that rotation will actually do some things. I mean, I, I don't. There's probably ten people in the world that have jumped a boxer far enough to really experience this, mm-hmm. it, or at least ones that experience it and feel it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the rest of them. But yeah, when your motor's spinning in, in you know, in a, in a, in a, in a, a cross plane direction, mm-hmm. uh, not, not ideal for for keeping it balanced. It. It not nearly as good as a, you know, it's kind of funny because I, I have had to think about this before because, you know, in just development scenarios we've been involved in, it's like, is this better or worse? And like, I don't know. <laughs> it's smooth. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, and that's right. And, and, and the guys that do, I know do you from set your right fork, you know, do you set your right fork leg up stiffer in your left on your boxer? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it, the people listening to me that work, work uh, with me are probably going, you dumbass, don't you remember they don't have count- counterbalancers back then? I don't think they were doing that. I know you were probably on some top secret stuff with theirs, but... Uh, our, our our rally bike, I, I kid you not, was a hand-built factory rally bike, and like the only things that were like stock on it were the covers and the badge on the gas tank. <laughs> everything else, <laughs> everything else was pretty much hand-built. I mean, yeah, the yeah. motor had the same architecture but the whole bottom of the motor was cut off mm-hmm. and it was converted into essentially a dry sump motor um mm-hmm. to, to get ground clearance yeah. um everything inside it you know is, is, yeah. is you know titanium mag magnesium um, H- you know all the you know, all the stuff all the yeah. stuff the displacement was specifically tuned for the kind of power delivery that the rider wanted i mean it did have big carburetors on it we had a clip on the bottom of the bowl <laughs> You know, so when I got water in my thing, I just pulled off, drained it out, laughed at everybody else, clipped it back on and rode away. <laughs> Waved <laughs> ever so <Yeah>. nonchalantly. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, I love seeing, I love seeing the KTM riders take their gas tanks off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> trying to, well, I thought there was going to be some of that at the uh, Silkway rally where they were crossing that water crossing. I kept watching that going, oh, one of these guys is going down. That, that, that looked pretty yeah. good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And anyway, we, we Every once in a while on a rally, you, you know, in Africa, there was a couple of rivers we crossed and stuff. And, you know, if it was bad, if you saw the organization cars there, you knew it was bad and you got <laughs> off and walked or you sat around and waited for someone else to go first. Okay. Everybody you know, there's, always, there. <laughs> there's always someone dumber than you that's going to go first. <laughs> hey, you just got to wait for them to kind of make it through and then you know where, where to go or where not to go. <laughs> yes. Nice. And so we've done the, you do the, the training and this is based primarily out of Pahrump? Is that where you're at? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're out of, um, you know, we're out of prompt Nevada, which is just, you know, over the hill from Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, kind of near the California and Nevada border. And, uh, and then we also have a, a group, um, up in Washington state near, um, really underneath Mount St. Helens okay. is where they're at. And it's called CISPA cycles. And they teach our curriculum. Another, a guy who's into rallies now quite heavily, uh, Paul Neff, mm-hmm. he did the, he did this rally, um, was his first ever rally. I think he got excited about rallies about two weeks before, 
Sonora rally <laughs> and to cobble together a bike. And you know, you know how infectious it is. He, he came down here and he was on his way down here cause he was, uh, uh driving down for it with another guy or for another guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he came by here and he's like, Jimmy, you know, I, I knew he was doing the rally. And he's like, he's like, so can you give me some pointers? And I'm like, we don't even have time to start. Yeah. We just, it, it, if I told you anything, it's going to ruin your trip. Just go have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Just go out and do it. So interesting. He doesn't yeah. know that I'm, that I'm talking to you, but he's actually, uh, I, I got him. I talked to him because specifically of that, because it was like his first rally. And I heard he just kind of threw it together and I got to see him down there and he was riding with a group and, you know, they, they were helping him and, and going through it and then making him open the waypoints and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Paul, Paul, Paul's an awesome rider. You know, you, you know, he, he's, he, he was, he was at the top of his game when he was younger, you know, ISD medalist and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, just, you know, life kind of took over, he got a real job, you know, and mm-hmm. he's, he's probably not in what he would call riding shape, but like, don't let that fool you. That guy can ride a motorcycle, especially slow. Yeah. Like you watch him on a trials bike and, and, yeah. But we we kind of we kind of bumped in, into each other up at a tour tech rally and we just started talking and had you know I didn't know him that well mm-hmm. um I knew of him from racing and we just started talking about the the training and the schools and he was really interested and he basically came down here and literally you know trained with me for a year a whole season of classes to learn kind of our program and the way we do stuff and so now he's doing that up in the Pacific Northwest but yeah we do that out here in Pahrump and I travel around a little bit and and do some stuff but it's. Uh, it's mostly out here just because you have such an awesome facility. Yeah. Well, and you've got the whole desert to do to do what you do. As much as we're permitted to be in, correct. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I will say, well, and yeah, and, I, and coming from California or being based in California, yeah, you're only allowed to ride to the gate and back because uh, most of them are locked. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not necessarily gates. I mean, out here, there's the, I mean, it's like, you know, the problem we struggle with is that so many areas have been previously designated wilderness and, and so now it's just designated, it's really designated routes. And luckily we have a dry lake bed out here mm-hmm. that, that allows us some freedom and stuff. And then over on the Nevada side, they're still working on, you know, classic route designation. So we have some areas that we can kind of play around in gravel pits and things like that. So it ends up working out really, really well. And I mean, that's I moved out here for, to, to, to run the school out here and to ride dirt bikes. And for most of the year, this time not included, I rode yesterday and it was a hundred and 106 or 109 degrees. Yes. And it was like no fun. Yeah, no, I mean, well, and no riding is fun. I uh, feel like someone is blowing a hairdryer at you <laughs> the whole um, time. <laughs> well, it started out up here at like 96 and stuff. And I just went down in elevation and it got down to like 106, but it's really nice for you to kind of come over a little rise and you go, Oh wow. It's nice. Cause it's like 96. Yeah, <laughs> you know, twelve degrees, but whatever. <laughs> it's still hot. Well, as long as you're moving, right? And then you get that sweat going the, until you run out of it. Until you run, yeah. Ooh, that's that's a bad thing. That, <laughs> that that could be interesting times ahead. So, dare I ask, when did you get started in rally? Did you get? Did you have one of those aha moments or screw it, I'm going to do this? What was the? Uh, I didn't even. I, I frankly, I didn't even know exactly what it was. But when I qualified for my first six days, international six day enduro, I'm sure I, you know, I'm sure I'd heard of Paris to Dakar. Mm-hmm. That would be the only thing I'd ever heard of. Yeah. And, and I knew it was some sort of a, you know, I didn't know what it was because I'll bet you when I looked at it back then being quite a bit younger, it was a bunch of guys on kind of s- street bikes or bikes. I, they weren't motocross bikes or race bikes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really racing maybe in my head. Uh, right. Far from the truth. So when I went to the ISE for the first time and it was in, um, 
I was just enamored with all the European teams and the guys that had all these different gear and different bikes and, and such cool stuff. But the coolest of the cool guys, the guys that had the biggest trucks or vans or support crews and had the coolest gear and the best bikes, the most factory looking bikes, they weren't necessarily the fastest enduro riders. They were Dakar riders. They were guys that were, you know, they were, they were, they were, Mar- they were on Marlboro and, and mm-hmm. it was, and, 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 you know, lucky strike, mm-hmm. uh, enduro bikes, but th- that's what they kind of did. You know, they did both things. And, uh, and I'm like, Whoa, what are the, you know, and what are these guys? And, and oh, they ride Dakar. And then the, the, it was ding. I want to do this. I want to be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of my story of my life. I see something like, I want to do that. I want to. And, and so I started doing a little bit of research and this is 1989. So it's, it's quite a long time ago. And I, you know, so I started kind of pursuing it and I did well enough at ISDE where I was able to go up and talk to these guys about, Hey, I want to, I, you know, what do I have to do to get a ride on your team? What, what does it, what does it take to go do Dakar? And, uh, and, and they're like, Oh, you're an American. <laughs> that was the oh. answer you got. You're an American. Oh. Now you're an American. Like, what do you know about a uh, rally raid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, uh, because I wasn't a, a 250 motocross world champion like Danny Laporte, who you know later on he was he was my he was on my team on the first ISD. We were on a club team together, um, but uh, so I, I I just kept poking and poking and and never you know even when I was you know competing at a high level it was never enough to convince anybody to be able to 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 give me a ride or any sort of support to, to do it. But later on. Um, the, the, when Franco Acherbys brought the Nevada rally to the United States, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is my chance. I'm going to go beat these guys because, okay, you're, you're in Nevada. This is kind of my California, but you're on, you're on us soil. I can ride here as fast as anybody in my head and I'm going to beat you. So I had a horrible first Nevada rally. I rode a Kawasaki KLX 650 and smoked a clutch every day and blew the bike up every day. <laughs> but I learned very quickly that I could navigate because I, I learned about this and I practiced it a little, as much as I could. I'd been doing dual sport rides, you know, forever. Yeah. I was racing dual sport rides, you know, thinking, okay, this is just like rally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I think after that, it was after that one, or I don't know, it was the next one. Cause I did all the Nevada rallies, mm-hmm. uh, a guy named Eric Pionard, who is kind of famous for, um, bring a lot of the supercross racers over to the, to the, to the international supercrosses and stuff. He was the guy who started the, the, um, what is now the monster cup, but when they had the hundred grand, um, us open a supercross, mm-hmm. he was the guy that started that. and he was really good friends with, um, with a JCO from Yamaha, France. And he got me a kind of a tryout, uh, on their, on their uh, factory rally bike, they had the, the 750, and they also had Peter Hansel raced a 650 or 600, a TT 600, in one of the Nevada rallies. And I got, I got, I got to ride those bikes kind of for a Cycle World magazine story, mm-hmm. which I was an editor at Cycle World at the time. Yeah, and and it was funny because like I did well. It must have been the second year because I think I got third overall, and I I I'd led a lot of. St- I won a stage by quite a bit, and then I did stupid shit and lost it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I rode well in that rally. And I think, you know, some some people took attention. Well, Peter Hansel that year needed a, a, a water boy. And that's what it was for. But I didn't speak French. And so I didn't get that. But KTM heard that I had got the 
S on the ride. And all of a sudden, then there was some opportunities to, to ride one of their production bikes that they were starting. They were starting to, you know, provide production bikes for privateers and a support program for privateers. And so I got a chance to go over and do it that way. And this was in 1996. Um, I got a chance to do my first Dakar. And so um, loaded up a few gear bags and flew over to Spain where it started. It started in Granada, Spain. Um, I brought a friend of mine who who worked at KTM. He he was going to be my mechanic. And uh, and then we learned very quickly what Dakar was all about. It just didn't go too well. <laughs> Uh-oh. What was the well I, I I basically there was no room for my gear bags on any of the trucks. It was like you get you get your you you know, they got what they called an airplane box. So this box for motorcycle riders that would go in the airplane every every day and be delivered to the bivouac. Mm-hmm. Little did I KTM, the factory team was gonna use my airplane box to put more factory box bike parts in because at that point all the mechanics and stuff, um some of them were in the airplane, but they couldn't carry a lot of parts. So, so I didn't have a, I didn't have a gear bag and I didn't have a box to put my shit in. My mechanic had a little, little rucksack that he acquired that he carried like my one extra pair of underwear and, uh, like our sleeping bags and tents, I think it was in his bag and, you know, he had access to their tools, but yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, by, by no means was I on a factory bike. There was some factory bikes. So I was just on a, a production one, but, uh, yeah. that was, uh, that was Welcome to Dakar. Um, <laughs> here, here, just just get on your bike and ride. That's all you can do. So so it sounds like at nights in the bivouac, it was mark the road book, food, laundry, bike prep. Laundry. Well, yeah, I no. mean, wash whatever you had. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, it was it would be like it would, it would I guess it would be a little bit like Molly Moto with kind of having access to a mechanic, which trust me mm-hmm. is a huge, huge thing to have somebody that's able to, you know, just do the simple things. And all I had to really do on my bike was, you know, clean the air filter and change the oil. We got we got I think we got tires every I was able to get tires every other day or third day on the front. I don't remember what it was. It was all budgeted out. And, uh, and, and, but I was doing well. I was, I was just, I was just outside the top 10, maybe 10th or 11th or something. And just cruising along. I mean, I wasn't racing. I was only riding to get to the finish. And then, uh, then I got uh, diarrhea. Welcome to, to African food. Didn't sit well with me. And I was, I'm so scared of doctors that I wouldn't even go get the, I wouldn't even go to the, 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 the blow up tent to do any, you know, get checked out or anything like that. And I basically dehydrated myself and almost died. So I'm very familiar with heat and, and running out of running out of sweat. Yeah. Holy hell. And so that was uh that was a uh, someplace out in near Zurat, Mauritania. And uh, that was it. I, I, for stupid reasons, I kissed away a, a pretty good ride in my first ever Dakar, and 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 then then the real Dakar starts when you go out. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Franco Acherby's to the rescue. Uh, he managed to get me a get me and my mechanic a seat on a on a uh, a VIP plane that kind of that, that was taking French uh, you know tourists and sponsors and stuff to the right. He managed to get like the last seat out of there, or it was like I was going to hike out to the coast. Ooh, I, I was I saw that. What was it in a long way down? A long way when uh, Charlie goes and runs the Dakar, and they had to leave him out in the desert or pick you know take your bike or do this. Like, there's some really yeah. weird 
kind of stuff that's followed along with the Dakar over the years. Yeah, like when it was in Africa, you know, is it? Yeah, it's, it's different. I mean, no, my my experience is totally normal. If you talk to anybody who's gone out of the Dakar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, once once you're out, that rally keeps moving, and they they make sure they get you safely back to the bivouac, but the bivouac disappears. <laughs> and you may safely get back to the location of the bivouac two or three days after the bivouac has left. And then they just say, okay, get out. And there's there's local people around, you know, and I mean, their car only has three wheels and there's no door panels on it. And you may be able to pay them a certain amount of money to, to, to potentially drive you to where you might need to go. But the next airplane lands in a month. <laughs> <laughs> it's the once a, once a month airplane that lands mm-hmm. in that dirt runway. Yeah. Day 28. <laughs> so, man, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a lot different. I mean, it's, it's yeah. such a different thing monster now than, I mean, we like if, if I, you know, when I talk to the guys and I know how hard they're pushing and what they're doing when they're racing and stuff and they're, they're, they're highly tuned athletes. And, and, and back then, you know, you're, you're, you're more of an adventure rider in reality. You're just, going along and, and experiencing as it comes. And they, sure, there, there was guys that were racing and they were they were on top of their game from experience, but there's no way that they were racing to the same level these guys are racing today, like as far as, you know, pushing it and stuff. We were riding different kinds of machines and and over longer distances. And shit, the race was 21 days long that, back then. I, I remember that part, and, and I didn't keep up with it enough to realize, but, yeah, then all of a sudden it just got chopped. And it feels like it's just getting kind of shorter as they're running yeah it's, it's attention spans i guess i don't know it's it, remember it's it's not a race it's a tv show <laughs> yeah it's got to look good on tv well i mean and the yes. guys the guys do put on a i mean it's a crazy show and yeah like you said i mean it's anytime you see them like i've seen i remember seeing the footage of of ricky and skyler and i mean it's like to me i still see it as baja 500 pace like i mean it is full attack and yeah, they're on the yeah they're on they're on the gas i mean i don't i i imagine in their mind there's t- a lot of time when they're just cruising mm-hmm. but you have to understand that them just cruising is is on is a is a, is a warp speed because when when they're hauling ass they're really really <laughs> really really they're going really really fast and these guys are they're phenomenal motorcycle riders and they you know they've been doing it for a long time and and um, it's, you know, when it's just you watch any kind of high level athlete, you know, doing things at that at, at that level. It's and now everything's, you know, since everything's so easily televised and, and videotaped and people yeah. are sending you know, little clips of doing this and doing that. It's it's almost becomes a little bit too normal. It doesn't seem as freakishly strange. Like the first time you ever watched a Formula One car really go around a turn, you know, you're just like, oh, that's sped up. <laughs> it's yeah. like no it's not no that's that's real time yeah i mean wh- like I, to me the thing that still like blows my mind and, and 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 this is the like the you'll know more as a riding coach and all that, how these guys are able to get on these bikes and send them through like the dunes and or some of these faster sandy sections and then just like bounce them off these little like bush piles and just launch these things for yards at a time like it's no big deal it, it isn't. It, it's, it, I mean, well, okay, to me, I'm sitting there going, nope, <laughs> not even close. Yeah, yeah, because they're, 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 they're very well aware of their, their balance and they understand their traction and they know how their bike's going to respond. And, 
and they set them up. They set them up to do this stuff, and they spend a lot of time. I mean, at least the top teams, yeah. you know, the top teams and top riders do, and 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 they they practice. Yeah. And they practice this, and 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 some more, and some more, and I and I think that's where where they said like you kind of mentioned it earlier is like oh you're, you know you're American, but. I think that's where we're at the disadvantage. Like the rest of the world, like soccer, everybody, the rest of the world is all into soccer except in the U.S. And it was the same with rally racing. Everybody else has always done road books and done that kind of stuff. And we're kind of like, I don't want to say last to the game, but it's just not as popular here. Yeah. And I, and I think it's, it's like anything. It might be just be a little too complicated for your typical American fan. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we like watching cars that go around in a circle, <laughs> you know, a lot of us, some of us, yeah. you know, and it's like, okay, I, I get this, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, it's like, it's like, well, can't they just race? And I'm yeah. like, why would you get lost racing? Yeah. You know, what, what's the fun? Of and, that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so wait. I, I think, I think when, you know, you have to get a little bit into it to understand it and, and then, and then it becomes, you know, but it's, it's definitely, I mean, here, you know, I go completely hundred percent unnoticed, but when I was racing, you know, if I would get off the airplane in Germany or France or something like that, people would recognize you because you, you'd been on TV for yeah. the last few days, the last 20 days, if you're coming back from the race and even, you know, going into it, I remember going to a German supercross one year yeah. and they had the BMW, they did like the introduction and stuff. And we signed autographs to like two o'clock at night. I couldn't believe, I just like, where who cares <laughs> where all these people come from that they were like they were super excited they were real fans it was cool yeah a whole nother like and you know looks for something that you're like it was just a rally raid you know rally stuff <laughs> yeah i think but, i think they're i think they just that, that, that you know it's not i wouldn't say just europeans but it's it's like even you know south american stuff they're better they're almost better like uh fans better they're fanatic they're more fanatical fans they really get into their their, their stuff maybe because and because it's popular there and we have fans that are happy about something else you know yeah. we have better sports ba- ba- uh, ba- uh, the one that they use the club i don't know i don't know any of the sports here <laughs> well i just i, I the, the example i was thinking is like oh yeah nascar you know they make left turns but then they go to sears point where they got to make right turns and they bring in the ringers <laughs> yeah, I don't turn right. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's very different. And so, on that, like with new guys, like you've trained like the newbie, right? Like the zero roadbook experience guy. We we do, yeah. I, I, we do some of that. We try to do that kind of. You know, we 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 we're, we're problem is it's it's my business. This is my job, and and it's it's there's I want to. You know, I want to expose more people to rally and everything, but like we we're so used to doing it to kind of a kind of a high level. And, and it's it's we're not really teaching it somebody that's a hobby rider because it's really not it's not a lot of fun, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot there's a lot of learning and there's a lot of discipline and some of that some of the stuff. But we've tried to do, you know, some kind of we call them, you know, we did them more like events. We did this thing called prompt to Dakar one year. And it was a really it was a really fun event. You know, mm-hmm. it came off really well. We did like kind of a we had people that were more interested in, in really doing rallies. So we had like a one day school for them. And then we kind of had a sort of this quicker half day school for the, for the hobby rider, the enthusiast and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then we'd let them turn them loose on some road books and let them get lost all over the desert. And, and, <laughs> right off into the sunset. <laughs> which, is, which, which is kind of difficult too, because, you know, and then, then we can get into all the reasons why you really, you know, would have a difficult time putting on, you know, a, a true uh, rally rate here, why rallies 
can't work like they do other up say that you can't pull it off because there's someone that's actually getting ready to try to do this right now and mm-hmm. i work on a a, a a car navigation rally that's uh, kind of similar so i i know some of the constraints this but so so we you know for 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 us on our side it's just not hasn't been um you know, something that we do, but we do, I get people, I mean, I probably get like, you know, three or four emails a week when somebody says, Hey, you know, I just got my first motorcycle. And I want to do Dakar. I mean, I literally get these emails and I mean, I hate to, you know, just yeah. squash them. And, and it's like, it's like, like, so first motorcycle, you haven't been riding for 10 years or you don't rate, you know, people have never done a race. Say so they, they, they aspire to want to go do Dakar and I go, oh, okay, well, let's start with where are we at? You know, and just to be, I am kind of like very realistic about this stuff. But the good thing is, is there are a lot of guys out that are that are doing these, you know, trying to put on these kind of events and and gatherings and stuff that you can't really call them events because you can get in trouble for this. Um, but they're they're doing, you know, they're they're doing things to to allow guys to get in there. I mean, Scott Bright's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was a guy that kind of got interested in rally. Uh, got a chance to go do it. And then he's, he was putting on his, you know, he kind of, he kind of was working with some of these people to put on things. So guys could go get their first taste and get a little bit of a, of a, you know, a a lesson on kind of how it works. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take much. It doesn't take that much to understand just kind of how it works, but that how it works is about as far as it goes. You're not going to get good at it. Mm -hmm. You have, you have to write it or you, you have to learn to read. And you only get faster uh, at reading by doing it. Yeah, you or, you 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 need to you need to practice. It's it's like it's like anything else. It's, it's it's you need to make so so with the guys that I work with. You know, we make navigation as instinctive as shifting your gears or turning your throttle. When was the last time you thought about that? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Now think about think think about how to navigate like that. And there therein lies whatever we do here. and that's the beginning (laughs) this is yeah yeah yeah. opening the can of worms but i well no it's just it's it's really it's just i have a couple i have these magic wands and i have a little bag of pills there's not that many of them but i I, if you have enough money i can sell you one (laughs) (laughs) now how high up the rankings in dakar are we talking about with those pills Oh, I don't know how much money you got. I got a couple yeah, different kind of, kinds. Kind I, of rough. I don't know. I got. I, I'd have to sell the whole bag and then run away. I wouldn't be in Pahrump anymore. Yeah. Well, on that, <laughs> in- trust me, there are there are people there are people with a lot of money, way more money than than common sense, that approach you about stuff and 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 you know I and I and I make every. I don't care who you are. You, if you really say you're serious about this, you want to come and do it. You have to come and do my one day class. I do a one day class. It's, you know, 850 bucks. I don't know what it is. I have to look at my sheet yeah. and stuff. It's a, it's a one day class. You hardly do any real riding or navigating. You just come in here and you learn about what we do. And the idea is I want to make sure that when, when we're talking about something, we're speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. When, when, when I start talking about, let's say it's Cap Moyen or, 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 you know, something to do with, you know, when you're looking at this, what did you see? Because almost everybody that doesn't do this comes back and tells me how screwed up my road books are. And, and we laugh because all the guys that are, that are in this, you know, we call it like, it's almost like a fight club thing. You know, we, we, whatever we do, we don't talk about it. But when somebody new comes in, 
everybody's just laughing because they say everybody says the same thing and we're not laughing at them. We're laughing. We all thought and said the same things in the beginning. It's like, Oh yeah. What, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's like the kind of, you kind of thought you kind of thought you knew it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like, no, that's, that, no, that's not right. No. <laughs> so, but it's, it, it took, you know, I, and I learned a lot from teaching the riding schools, just how basic we had to take some of the stuff mm-hmm. to, to see results, you know, cause we, we get frustrated when we'd have a, a, an intermediate level rider that couldn't improve, you know, a guy who was a good rider and it's like, why can't you improve? And then we started really drilling down and figure out what is like, you forgot balance. Like somehow you just skip balance and you think you're going to do everything with your muscles and throttle. And it's like, and so we took the same sort of um, approach to, to rally navigation. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been, it's been really successful. Yeah. And that it's, um, you mentioned earlier, right? Twisting the throttle and not, not thinking about it and not, not doing that. So I, I finally got a chance to write, and I, uh, I know you've seen him around the bivouacs, uh, Gnarly Dave, Dave Enriquez. So yep. I wrote one of his road books. And- I, I only, I only call, I only call Dave, Dave, because he, 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 he's, uh, he's, he's, me and him are having a little debate about who's, who's gnarly. He's gnarly. I mean, he, well, his name is gnarly, but he didn't, he didn't send me the video of meeting 12 double doubles or whatever the heck he did last time. That uh, was going to challenges, yes. his gnarliness. <laughs> yeah. No NAR challenge. So yeah. Okay. So Dave, we're talking about Dave. Uh, yes. Okay. Got it. <laughs> I won't say it cause then he'll, he'll drive that's, down. That's here some inside joke there, by yeah. the way. I, 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 I like that. You know, talk about a very, very passionate person. That's super excited. He helps us when uh, Johnny and I do tours out here. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, uh, he's one of our chase truck drivers and, does the food. Dave's an awesome guy. Yes. Very, very much so. And I heard the backstory. He finally told me when we were out on this route, what, what the whole deal was about the whole first name thing. And so I was, I was laughing about it, but yeah, it got to me. (laughs) (laughs) It bugged him, (laughs) but I know it does, (laughs) but yeah, absolutely. I met him, I met him working with one of the rallies and, uh, and yeah, it's like the dude would give you the shirt off of his back. I mean, he's he's super cool. He's always willing to help and do that stuff. And, so I finally got a chance to ride one of those road books and exactly what you were saying that twisting the throttle without thinking of it. There was one direction in that entire road book where I made the right decision on the first try and it felt just so natural like I've got this. And the very next note, I didn't. So like you said, like, it, it, you know, you're talking about practice and I just thought about like, oh, dude, now I really can't imagine how these guys do it. Like they I feel like they navigate a lot of times like the organization told them this is the way you go. It's just yeah, so they, smooth. I mean, yeah, and, and and they and you've seen it with them making map books more and more technical, more and more difficult. Mm-hmm. And what you know, what they're doing a lot of times on on with you know Dakar road books is which everybody's ideally you know the Dakar is the pinnacle. That's what everybody's trying to shoot for. You know what they're what they're doing with those. You know if you if you hand it out to a regular rider, you know a regular a, a guy who's just navigating you know hobby hobby rallies. <laughs> they, they, you let a guy like that try to open a stage, they wouldn't finish the stage. They just, <laughs> they, you know, some of it's okay, you know, but like it, it would, it, it'd just be like they'd have to keep coming back to the note and, and, and trying to do it over and over again because it's like this, you know, when, you, when you're just learning a foreign language and somebody's speaking too fast and you have to tell them to slow down, this is, what, this is what's happening. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a you know, like I said, practice, practice and training and, 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 
you know, figuring out where your weaknesses are and working on them and, and, and practicing more. And then practice more. So I heard a room and, and I, none of the questions or anything I ask you ever have to answer, but I had heard rumor that there's uh certain riders have the ability to navigate an entire road book without nav equipment. Cap and KMs. Is that? I'd say that's true. Okay. Which is, yep. <laughs> which is even more crazy because it's like you have to have, there's so many moving pieces to that. That yeah, ability. It, and, 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 and it's, like I said, it's something that I, I imagine. I mean, I think certain people have a, a knack for doing certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you, you, you know, like I don't remember people's names or faces. It's just like it, it, you see those those things where people are the, those those masks you wear. They're just like you're blue or green or whatever, and you can't see the face or the features. Yeah, like masks have been great for me because then everybody else is like me. I'm like, I don't recognize that person because they're wearing a mask. That's the way I walk through my life. But, but I remember, I remember every stone in the desert. Um, every, every place I've ever been, I know exactly where it's at. I can feel it. If I've been there, I don't, I can come to it from a different direction and I know where it's at. Cause I can feel where it's at. Maybe like what they say when your cat gets dropped out of the car a hundred miles away and he shows back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I have, I have that gift. You know, that's one of the, that's one of the things. And, and I've worked with, uh, you know, riders, rally guys that, that have something similar to that. And I've worked with other ones that absolutely don't have it. And so that, and, and just like, just like anything, there's just like, there's different riding styles. You watch, you know, you know, you can watch like the motocross and stuff. And there's this, there's this kind of this Ken rocks and, and, and jet Lawrence and just super smooth style. And then you watch other guys that charge like Tomax, just muscling and Barca's just, freaking crazy and it just they're different styles and they net net they they kind of work the same way you know one guy's winning one weekend one guy's winning the next weekend and it, and it's it's how do you you know does you just and that's where strategy comes into play it's you got to pick and choose when you use your strengths and and minimize the damages when you're doing your weakness and and that's that's i think you know as much as you know, we start talking about all the navigation and things like that, you know, with a lot of these guys, it's just having, you know, really good people around you that, that, that know this, having a good, strong, you know, team support with, with, with guys, you know, like on Ricky's team, you know, he's got, he's got um, Johnny Campbell who, who is, you know, comes from the Bruce Ogilvier of, of Baja preparedness, just making sure everything is, is perfect set up, ready to go. He's really good at strategy, um, you know, and you have like a guy, you know, like Ricky's mechanic when he won was Kendall Norman and Kendall could probably hop on the bike and do, you know, well, not then because he didn't, he didn't really know how to navigate back then. But like the last year after that, he came back and he's like, I want to do this. And he got into navigation and now that guy, you know, he's, Rode he's Dakar. Potent- he, could, he could potentially, if, if he, <laughs> we're working on this because I want him to go this year. He just needs to figure out how to go. Um, uh, Kendall is top 10 Dakar guy. Easy. Mm-hmm. But he has to realize he's probably not a top three guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's, he's not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> so, so, but I think, you know, I, I mean, riding ability wise and, but, but it's, it's, there's so, there's so many keys to the puzzle and I don't think there's any one like magic you know, magic thing. And, and, and we see, you know, I see a lot of, you know, guys that come in and they either want to just throw money at it or they want to instantly get better and they don't have a five-year plan. Mm-hmm. And with, when, when, when Ricky 
had the opportunity to go, you know, luckily, you know, he, he, it through Honda and Johnny became involved in the thing and Johnny understands this and like, you need to, we need to have a five-year plan. You're going to go hang out with Jimmy. I'll bet you he didn't want to. And, and then, and then probably when he got here, he even more didn't want to, he's like, Oh, this is bullshit. Now we laugh because <laughs> we have guys that roll up and they, they think they're pretty sure they've got it. And they're, and we just kind of joke, but yeah. it's the same thing. I mean, one of Johnny's, when I met Johnny, uh, you know, I, well, I met Johnny cause he just smoked me at a Carlsbad Grand Prix one day and I didn't even know who he was. And <laughs> I was able to win the 500 pro class at Saturday motocross and added some, some Grand Prix donkey just beat me. Yeah. And, uh, but Johnny couldn't trail ride and, and Bruce Ogilvy at the time knew this. And so he made Johnny go trail riding with me once a week just to get, to learn to get punished <laughs> so we so, became really good friends because of this because of and and i and i will agree with it so i grew up you know going to the races and cars and stuff like that and and obviously you know the posters and i always joke when i saw him i go i think i've seen you on a poster in baja so i just don't know where and you know the couple <laughs> times i ran into him and uh but exactly what you said is like if you want to talk about the most like one of the most approachable people and like you would never know if you didn't know what he did for a living and he wasn't wearing the Honda gear. Um, yeah, you'd never know. And you still probably can't. Most people that ride still can't catch him. So, yeah, he still he still rides. He still rides pretty good. I haven't I, I haven't had an out and out battle with Johnny for a while. Okay. <laughs> we kind of don't ride when each other's riding for some reason or another. I, I wonder if that has anything to do with you <laughs> making him trail rider. Ogilvy making him trail ride with you all the time. <laughs> Well, I, I know. Well, it's, it's just like, it's like, we'd have to, we'd have to meet in the middle. Like, like if it, if it's, if it's, uh, if it's anything fast, you know, high speed, you know, Baja style, style stuff. I mean, cause I used to be able to kind of hold with Johnny. I mean, I teamed with him. I won the, when I won the thousand, I rode with him and stuff. And, yeah. and, uh, I mean, we we're both really good at it. It was just, he was just, he was just doing it more and he was better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, I, and I, you know, I'm lucky to have teamed with Danny Hamill. So I've ridden with, you know, the best guys in the world. And it really sucks to ride on a team when you know you're just slowing this guy down. <laughs> <laughs> At least with Johnny, I felt like I was on even footing. I was I was pulling my weight. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I, I think there's uh, like you said, already, every, every writer's got their their talent and, and the reason why they're doing stuff. So but still, you guys are fast anyway. I mean, I don't know how. I, I'm I'm actually really uh, I'm looking at the calendar and thinking I'm going okay which one of the adventure bike classes am I going to of yours because just well so they're not they're not really adventure bike classes and I think I don't think we have any up on our on currently right now on the website I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any new dates posted we just sent out a newsletter mm-hmm. um, but they're they're I wouldn't call them adventure bike classes no. I mean they're they're okay. it doesn't if you're riding off road the stuff that we teach will apply to you. And I don't, and it doesn't matter what ability level at where you're at, you're going to learn something and you're going to, you're going to very quickly learn that you need, you know, how much you need to practice some of this stuff to, and it comes, it comes pretty quick. And then, you know, you either can kind of go off and do your own thing. And you're happy with where you got, but then it's like, well, I need to learn more. And it's funny. You come back to the same class and it's a whole different class because you're a different rider. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, you know, it's like, I see a lot of the, I call it multi-level marketing, <laughs> you know, series one, two, you know, yeah. uh, go ride with us there, this other thing. And, and, and it's, it's like, nah. yeah. I mean, I do, I do do some advanced stuff. And, and when we, when we work with, 
you know, ride, you know, riders, or if we have a group that wants an advanced class, I promise you, we end up going back and reteaching the, the, the same one. Cause the problem isn't this advanced technique. It's, it's, you know, doing the, doing the basic stuff. And I want to see, you know, when we're, when we're training, I want to, you know, you got to prove to me that you've got this stuff like on lock because we can't move to the next thing until you make sure that you're doing this. Cause if you leave something on the table back here, it may not bite you on the next section or the next section, or the next section, but at some point that's going to come back and to try to break the habits. Yeah. Once you feel like you're doing it right is, is really kind of difficult. And yeah, so I, it's in, I've learned so much about teaching and now, you know, I kind of, I kind of study that more than you know the, the the riding techniques or the navigation techniques we kind of learn like how 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 do people learn like what what allows them to learn and and get better yeah actually be <laughs> i i think that the boiling it down like how you were saying like earlier right it was just balance and traction is it then everything is kind of revolves around that i don't I think about some of the other classes and stuff that I've seen and I just, it, it seems like, you know, let's, we're going to move a ball from a cone to this and that. And, and they don't really share anything, but like, you can see it and like, <laughs> okay, cool. I could do that. But what's the real story behind it? Like, what are you really I, like, what are you supposed to be focusing on? You know, what, yeah, we give a, we give away, I'll give away all our secrets right there. It's, it's, it's balance attraction and the two things that are the most important two things. And then a motorcycle in my world does only four things. It accelerates, it decelerates, you can initiate a turn and you can control a turn. It's just those four things. And I can explain anything that a bike is doing in those four terms. You know, what it's doing. The biggest problem we see with, with most riders is they kind of they kind of try to do two things at once. Mm-hmm. And the easy way to explain this is like, okay, would why would you try to accelerate and decelerate at the same time? Okay, that, that one's easy to go, oh, that's stupid. But why are you trying to accelerate? And, and control a turn at the same time or initiate a turn while you're on your brakes. And and once we kind of drill that in, it's like just keep it simple. Make it make it as as easy as possible and break it down into digestible steps so that you don't have to come back every time and we're gonna go, okay, left hand off camber, rutted turns uh, on gravelly serpent. No, like yeah. you're you're going to break it down into its essence. It's like, what am I actually trying to do here? What, which one of those four things am I trying to do? And everything always taken into consideration, balance and traction. Mm-hmm. And that that's it. I've just given you our entire uh, teaching school. And it's funny because the more that I keep saying this, I, <laughs> I see, I, I watch, and it's, it's the most sincere form of flattery when somebody's trying to copy you. I see someone trying to copy it, but they don't understand what they're trying to copy. That's <laughs> It sounds good on paper, and I sound really pro saying this, but I don't actually get it. I can, yeah, see, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, 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 and, but anytime, anytime you are practicing, if you're doing a training or practicing, you are practicing, and that's good. You know, I just hope that I just hope that you're practicing the the, the right thing because so often, especially on motorcycles, you know, we hear the get over the back and gas it and get the front end light and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and then they tell people to stand up, and it's like. That's not standing up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they, they 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 go okay, good. And they, they they cheer and they clap and they go, yay! You're 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 doing uh, no, you're not doing good. Boom. <laughs> no. I see. Uh, what is it? Uh, they call it in adventure bike terms now. It's a uh, peacocking, right? Where you're standing straight up, super tall, you know, over the bars, arms. What, what, what do they call it? Peacocking. 
you know, a peacock. Peacocking. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard this. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. That's a, I, I, I know what you're talking about. I know exactly. I, that's generally a side effect of of uh, the uh, high bar Kool Aid that adventure riders drink. Oh my god! Oh, you, I, <laughs> you've got to raise your bars up because stock they're not right, right? Let me tell you about pushing bikes <laughs> in and out of the shop that are being worked on. I'm going. There's no way. There's uh, nope. They did not miss a single riser available for this bike. They got them all on there. They're they're getting they're getting the ape hanger status. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, no. Oh, it's, how is this even like? This is only comfortable sitting down. Not even then. This is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the problem is when you when you do sit down when your bars are too high, then all of a sudden you you lose. You know, if you decide to want to you know control the bike when you're sitting down, which is kind of a bad idea, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you lose your leverage. Just think about trying to trying to to push something that's kind of in front of you as opposed to down, you can't put any of your weight into it. And you've already given up, you know, your weight is what controls the motorcycle, mm-hmm. you know, your weight, not really your muscles. And, and, but you know, at that point you're like trying to put muscles into it and you've taken all your weight away. And so you're just, you're kind of pushing, I, I don't know. Hoping for the best. So I, <laughs> but, I, but it's when, it's when, so it's when the pelvis comes forward when the pelvis gets in front of the knees because the bars are so high, mm-hmm. that's the that's the super peacock, I guess we're going to call it. <laughs> the ultimate peacock. Because <laughs> you're putting the other cock forward. <laughs> yeah, There's, you got so really, to hey, we really try to have fun with this stuff. And I'm not picking on if 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 you think I'm picking on you, I'm not picking on you. It's your buddy that's doing it. Yeah. Well, and you know what though, um, and I, that was one of the things like we talked about. When I was when I was at the shop and I would see people that come in and the rocks risers and trying to do all of these things and, and do all this stuff. It wasn't to really put other people down because there was people that, you know, believed in that. But it was more like, dude, I know what's going to happen. You're going to get in the dirt. It's something's going to that front end. You're going to have zero control over that front end and and you're going to hit the deck and it's going to hurt. And I promise a 1250 GS is not light. Yeah. And, and and I just, you know, so it's kind of like the same you're like, you know, we joke and make fun of it, but it is actually a serious theme. Like you, uh, I think so many people do not know that that could literally make or break you out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it, and it really comes down to if they were in balance mm-hmm. and they had traction and balance is uh, traction is a function of balance. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it like you, you have the more the more balance you have, the more traction you potentially have. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like if those two things are good, like you can do really stupid stuff. You, you can actually have really bad setups. Mm-hmm. And then and then and we're not just talking about the balance of the bike, like side to side tipping over. We're talking about your body being balanced on the motorcycle. You know, we walk around all day long on our feet and we're not holding on to grab handles or guardrails or or, you know, we don't we don't walk around with a walker, mm-hmm. you know, yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And you put somebody on a motorcycle and they, they grab on the handlebars like it's the, it's the last savior. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm now I'm going to, you know, turn the motorcycle and all this stuff. So it's a, it, it, you know, we kind of, like I said, just try to keep it simple, make it digestible and give people some little cues and, and things. It's like, oh, what, what, I'm catching myself doing something, something wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, it ends up, ends up working out. Where, where, what shop did you work at? Uh, San Diego BMW motorcycles. Okay, right on. Yeah, you guys used to send us. I think you guys used to send us a lot of clients in the early days. Uh, probably. I mean, I I was there. It was only about a year, so about four years ago is when I started there. And uh, okay, so it was, this it was, was it was much more. Yeah. That. Well, I know uh, Gary, the owner. I mean, he was he was big into it, and I know he did a few of the Vegas Torino rides, and and he had some roadbook stuff, and you know, we never we talked about it a little bit. 
Um, but I was always, but that was to me, it was always a thing. I like, I remember, you know, the, the, the fabled, you know, GS or HP two, I don't even know what they based. I think the HP two was born after that. The HP two Enduro. HP two was, it was a few years after the rally program ended. And uh, I was, I was involved a little bit on the development of that, of that motorcycle because it was funny because I didn't, (laughs) I was still kind of under contract with BMW, Mm -hmm. um, because I kind of had sort of career ending injuries. And when everybody else like was really anxious to jump ship and get another contract with KTM or one of the other brands that were doing it, I knew I was pretty much finished racing. So I was able to ride out my contract. I had it for a few years. And so that was one of the projects they kind of brought me into, to, to help with. And the very first time I saw what, you know, was the mule of an HP two, my 2001 factory Dakar bike was there too, because that was the bike that they were, that they were, comparing it to they wanted a certain kind of performance and and trust me i thought that dakar bike was like it was it was it was one year away from being a really good twin cylinder dakar bike it would it would have been incredible uh but you know the like i said their program kind of ended but the hp2 was so much better they did some they did some really crazy stuff including the air shock which by the way i'll sit there all day long and tell you the air shock was awesome because it was I'll that, probably the response you can, you can probably blame me. If somebody doesn't like the air shock, you can blame me because it was two test riders said yes. And two test riders said no. And then they brought me in and I'm like, air shock, hundred percent. No questions asked. <laughs> it was that thing. It gets so much traction, so much better than spring. And, uh, and I, and, you know, it's, and, and I remember, cause there was a couple of them, you know, they were unicorns around, around the shop because there was only, yeah. you know, they were only available for so long. And then just like any other bike, like the R80 GS, uh, the Dakar, the same thing. Nobody wanted them when they came out. And then all of a sudden they were like the hottest thing. And, and the HV twos, I was, and everybody was on the same boat. I'm like, ah, that air shock. Now nah, I'm going, Oh, lens. I'm putting, you know, <laughs> get rid of that thing. I, of shit, hey, if, I think I, ha- I think I have two Olin shocks for those things someplace <laughs> in a box. So if somebody's looking for a replacement shock for HP two, reach out. There me. we go. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I can find them. Yeah. But you know why they're in a box? Because I kept the air shocks because <laughs> they work better. Yeah. And, and you think and then, and where's everybody now? Now you're what air forks in the front, you know, and tuning them. And, and well, yeah, it's it's yeah. it air 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 is still a little bit taboo in the motorcycle world. Just give it a few years. Yeah. That, well, it's, that's what I was going to say. I, split right down the middle. It's either the nobody has the like, eh, all right. I feel like everybody's either. Oh, you're on air. No, nah, no. Yeah, or they I, love it. I, the reason they there's a lot of reasons why they keep pushing it, and 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 because there's there's definitely some advantages to it. I, I don't know if we're we're just there on the material side of things, and and but the ability to control it is is pretty amazing. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I remember <laughs> the uh, mountain bike stuff with Fox Fox Racing Shocks, and everything was always oil and spring for the downhill bikes, and then now all of a sudden now everything is air, and they've got all these chambers yep. and all this stuff going on, and it's like, what the hell? I don't even know how this works. Yeah, anymore. Mountain bikes are not <laughs> afraid to do something weird. No uh, motorcycle industry is, is petrified. It's like, Oh my God, disc brakes can't work. What, <laughs> what? if they get wet? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, I remember everything was this or drum before. And, and then it was, I'm watching this video of the XR 600, this guy talking about it the other day and he's riding it hard. Cause I'm, I'm looking for a bike, right? And I want to build a purpose built bike for doing road books. Not racing, just doing road books. And I was like, ooh, that'd be cool. Build an XR600R, just some old school bike, you know, make it look all old school. Talk to, talk to, talk to, talk to Dave. I, I've heard. He, he, <laughs> he had, he, he, he 
did he buy one for me? Did he buy my bike? Uh, I don't remember. I, I, I know I gave I know I gave him some really good parts for an XR six hundred. Uh, I know he had one at one point or another. I don't remember. You know, it's funny, interesting, and I kicked myself in the ass for this one, but he found me the 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 deal on an XR six hundred R. And it just sat in the garage for a while, and I was like, didn't have the money to work on it, and it was just taking up space, and I was just, you know what, fine, it's out of here. And then, you know, now a year <laughs> later, I'm going, oh, I shouldn't have sold you, that thing. <laughs> yeah, you don't want them, and the brakes, the brakes are really bad. <laughs> yeah, well, this one, luckily, was the, it was like one of the first years of the disc brakes, so at least it was... Oh, a, even with the rear disc, disc brake, it's the front one you're going to suffer for. That, oh. that was one of the things that on the Baja race bikes we upgraded. We had better front brakes on it, which was really important. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and it, I, I might I might have a, I might have a deal on a sweet XR650 with a, a six and a half gallon tank, and a, it has an electric starter. I think it'll work about ten or twelve more times. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> I know when it's going to run out. It's it's in the dune trying to get somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Worst well, yeah, running. I mean, but it, it kickstart it kickstarts real easy. This this thing's a, this thing's a gem. I, I'll tell yeah. you right now. It's like the only reason I'm not selling is my wife tells me that it's, it's one of her favorite adventure bikes. Nice. So it just kind of, but you know, yeah. but it's for sale as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me know when to release this so that way <laughs> she doesn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, okay, I mean, my phone's gonna ring out. Hey, Jimmy, what do you got for sale? Everything, yeah, everything's yeah. for sale. Right now. <laughs> I've never sold anything in my entire life. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> you go, nope. The, um, but yeah, oh man, that's, you know, so I had, uh, so I kind of have a last question for you, but it, it kind of ties everything together. So I had somebody on Instagram reach out to me about, you know, you mentioned it earlier, right? The guys that come up to you and they're like, I've never ridden a bike, but I want to do road books. You do the, on Tuesdays, right? You have your show, Dirt Bike Tests. Yeah. So, so we do, we do, we'll have a couple different ones. So we do Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, which mm-hmm. is. <clears throat> excuse me something that we do through um uh dirt bike test which is mm-hmm. kind of a it's it's a you can ask tech questions we kind of answer tech questions live and have a good time on the air um and that's one thing and then and then you very soon you will see what we call the better rider podcast which is kind of an extension of our riding school okay and because we're, we're we're in the midst of launching an online riding school that's going to be pretty pretty cool um, a little bit of it's, it, it eventually it will become some very next level stuff, which is good. But awesome. it, and, and people never say they just want to just come out and learn how to ride and do road books. They want to do Dakar. <laughs> there's, a, there's a big jump from yeah. I, when I get somebody says, I'd like to learn how to navigate and, and, and do road books. I, I, the ears are way more open to that. You know, it's like, it's not like, Oh geez. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And, and, and every, a few times a year we have, um, this, like I said, we have this one day class that's open to, and it's, it's not just motorcycles, it's four wheel too. You know, we have people that come in, uh, drivers and navigators and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you will, you will get in the course of one day, everything you would ever need to know to be able to go out and successfully do road boat. It's probably a little bit much mm-hmm. for, for just the regular guy. I mean, we get in kind of a little bit into some, some details and things, but at the same time, we're not leaving anything out. Yeah. You're, you're going to, you're going to learn almost everything that you would learn. You know, anything that I've told any of these other guys, it's not going to sink in. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sink in until you really start training and then you're going to have a whole new set of questions. Yeah. But, but yeah, we can, we can kind of, you know, we can kind of do something like that. And it's just a matter of, you know, timing it to where, you know, we've got a few guys in the class to make it, you know, a, a, mm-hmm. a successful thing to do. Yeah. And that, and uh, you know, I can kind of agree with it from at least what I've known. Right. If, if I didn't know how to ride, 
uh, my bike to a certain level. I'm, I'm, I consider myself beginner intermediate. And then trying to navigate that that book that uh, Gnarly Dave did. And, and then just everything else in between. It's too much to learn in one shot. It's too many things, too many moving pieces. So, you know, like you're saying, if you do that one day class, you learn like you've learned this part of it. And then you need to do like a writing class and learn that part of it. And then then Correct. then melt the stuff together. Don't try and do all of it at once. No, it is just, just like anything that's really when we start thinking about it, you want to focus on just the one thing you want. You know, what do you want to learn today? What do you want to learn right now? Just you don't try to learn like five things. Yeah. It's just just one thing. Get it. Get it to make it instinctive. Put it away. Get the next thing and just start building and even 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 you know one of the, the the tenets of the way we teach it's you're either riding or you're navigating you're mm-hmm. doing one or the other never both at the same time yeah. so you don't you, you don't you don't um you don't try to mix the two because when you do bad things happen with one or the other yeah. and we certainly don't want people to have bad crashes because they were looking at their road book yeah. all the time yeah i yeah I could definitely see that, especially one of my mistakes I know was uh, trying to look at the Odo and get it all the way down to the last tenth and be super precise with it. And I just kept looking down, looking down, looking down. Luckily, nothing happened. But what you just said is very possible to have. Like thinking about it now, it was stupid. <laughs> hey, we, we all you know, it's funny because people do this all day long. Just think about the last time you were texting on your phone while you're driving and you, for, you, you like literally said, oh, if I look to the road. Yeah. Well, you're sitting in a vehicle that's not going to tip over and it's not going to hit like an errant rock and you just have to go straight. And all of a sudden you, you wake up and you go, whoa, as I, what, you know, yeah. this, this is what we're trying to avoid. You know, yeah. just like you can't, it, you know, even just recreationally, you can't, you can't be doing this because it's bad for your safety. When these guys are racing, you can't be doing it because they're going to, they're going to crash and get hurt. We mm-hmm. don't want this. Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, we've, we've seen it in, especially in the last car, it doesn't take much time lost to, to change the leaderboard at all. It's just getting closer <laughs> <No>. and closer. <laughs> well, there's so many, there's so many, there's so many good guys these days and stuff. Yeah. So like I said, there's a lot, there's a lot of guys. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the pack that's hunting the top spots is, is grown significantly, I think. So last question, electronic road books, cool story or. Mm. I love them. Yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been electronic road book now for probably four years. Okay. And sure, they have their hiccups and their glitches and stuff. Um, I, I'm I'm glad that they're being careful about integrating them into the racing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're I think they're probably ready. Um, and it's no different than you know paper one if it gets smashed or hit or whatever. I mean, every, they're it's just going to be the next thing to blame everything for. But I've been running <laughs> the you know, um, the 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 um, you know Pepe Rico stuff, the Rally Blitz and. Mm-hmm. and uh, RB Nav Pro and stuff. I've been kind of using this. I've been working with Mike Shirley since, since like the the early days of Rally Navigator, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and I work with Mike on some events and stuff, and and with him and Dave Peckham, you know, picking up w- with what they're doing with the with Rally Navigator now. It's awesome, and he's got he's got a it, the guys that are helping them out now, um, you know, to 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 hone that thing in to get it right is really good and i'm blown i'm blown away by how good it is in fact i was i was talking to scott whitney today yeah 
And, and, you know, and, and Scott's like one of these, he's, he's, he's one of the first guys to really bring a lot of tech into the road book making, you know, for his kind of his private systems that he had. Mm -hmm. And, and he, he's just like, he's like, he's like, dude, do you know how good that is? And I'm like, yeah, I know how good that is. (laughs) So there's, and and that's, what's cool is a lot of this is kind of, is kind of built out out of a passion. Like Mike Shirley was not really a dirt bike rider at all. Really? You you know, and, and, or a rally guy at all. I'm going to make this. This thing, <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes <laughs> and, that's uh, so it it, it it's kind of it's cool how this has kind of evolved, and it, and it's really helped a lot with you know some of the tools we use in our training, you know, to have access to some of this the the open source software that is Tulip, you know, mm-hmm. um, being able to bring bring some of that stuff in and, and use that yeah. um, when you know because it's it's like it's like PC or. Our, our Mac, you know, it's like there was Tulip or Rally Navigator and you had different, you know, different, you know, factions on who used what. And over in Europe, they have they have um, Trippy and and uh, River Notes and da, 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 da. there's yeah. so much stuff out there. And just depends on like, hey, how much do you spend and which one works for you? And what are we really trying to accomplish? But I'm 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 excited. I hope more people get into making, you know, some road books and, and sharing them with, you know, like minded friends that are willing to make more road books because, what you'll find is you'll find that there's one guy that'll make the road books and everybody else rides them. And then and give me more road books. Yeah. <laughs> Cons- Come on, man. Consumers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, they're, Hey, ask, ask, ask gnarly Dave. So I'll give him, I'll give gnarly Dave his credit, man. Gnarly Dave goes out and makes road books and he, he's, yeah. he's gnarly that how much amount, amount of time he puts into that. Yeah. I, you know, it'll, I've, I've got it. I get the phone calls, you know, I help him sometimes with the computer stuff and, and some of the little, little things right because I'm, I'm by no means an expert but uh yeah i'll get the call in the you know 10 o'clock at night you know or later and it's just like he's he's working and plugging or you know you watch his social media and he's out riding and he's putting and he takes it very seriously and you know you can tell like when he's joking around and then when it comes to that it's like he's dead serious <laughs> like yeah. that he's he's he strives for perfection in these road books and he takes all of the feedback to heart yeah well <laughs> you know it, it's just you know like we, you'll never make everybody happy and, and no 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 it, 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 this is the joy of when we're out here doing road books and and you know all the, we all do different road books and your worst day is the day everybody rides your road book because you're never going to hear the end of it. It always sucks. Well, I would have oh, put this note your right road here. Book this, your road book that. Dude, what were you thinking? And it's just like, and then next day it's his road book. Oh, yeah. yeah it's the, and, yeah. and, and you're kind of, you're in some ways you're serious, but in other ways, no, nah, it's like, it's like, you're, um, them. <laughs> you're, you're jacking with them and stuff. But, I, you never we 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 we've kind of got this game to go on now where when somebody does a when somebody does a road book we all everybody else names it you know we name it for what it what it was Uh-oh. And, uh yeah oh it's, i mean some of them are bad but you know some yeah. are pretty good like like uh gnarly dave names his own road books he's on his own special thing but mm-hmm. like uh kennel kennel made a road book like in glamis and 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 uh i i named it like classic rock it was su- it was such a good road book just the way he flowed through the dunes and stuff like that. It was like classic rock. Everybody likes it. It's good. It was, it was nice. It was, it was a, and like, it was one of the few times I just came back and said, that was a good man. I didn't have any, no, no, no condescending things, anything at all. It was <laughs> nothing you could pick on, but it's, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I could totally see, I remember there's a section in the road, in the one road book that I did with him that, uh, like you said, it's just like, 
it was this wash and just the bike, the suspension just wasn't there for me yet. I, I made some mistakes in the tuning on it and I was just dying the first time we went up this thing and then we're going back and then we turn up the same wash again. And I go, no, <laughs> you've got to be shitting me. I'm not doing this again. And yeah, the road peels off into a different direction. I was like, oh, okay. But that was like the, you know, it's like, oh, somebody would, me, so this I, I I'm, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you where this is just because I think I know. So this is this is off to the to the to the, the uh, west side of the 15 freeway in in um, the canyon that ends up like uh, by um, the road up to Wrightwood. Uh, you know, <laughs> is, that where, is that where it was? I think I'm going to go with I think so. So you you said it earlier. I'm I'm like you. I you know what? I could literally go back there right now and I bet you I could ride about 90% of the trail that I did without getting lost because I have that photographic memory. I just I've been there. I kind of know the area, but I had not yeah. a effing clue where I was that entire road book. <laughs> we come out in this little town. It's like no cell reception in these hills. I'm like, "Where the hell are we?" Little bar out of the middle of nowhere like this little bar cafe place that it was the market and there was like a big park and water park there and uh, you know oh wait oh no no so you're you're no you're yeah okay so you're on this one over more over by uh outside of barstow i was thinking this went over in the cone pass but it no we yeah, were in the cone one. pass we were in that area oh you're in the yeah oh and, a, and we were wait, in the wash there's a bar I, up there well, Wait, there, there's a bar up there that I don't know about. <laughs> uh, you've probably been Dave's going like, oh, it's this bar. You know, he knows exactly where it is. I didn't know where oh, I, water I didn't park. Know. Yeah, there was like some big park there. And we rode through it a couple times. And it's oh, just like, oh, yeah, yeah. OK, that's down. OK, that's down. Yeah, that's after. Well, that's you, you drop down by these fire roads after the section you were just talking about. Yes. Yeah, I know where that's at. Yeah. And, you know, we end up down there and I'm just like, I'm lost because I've never ridden in this area. But also it's like, dude, this is badass. If it was all green. Light, yeah, Lytle around, Canyon, I think that's called. That's what it was. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, you know, there was a lot of things, right? And just, until you go out and ride the ro- ride a road book, I thought before, like you said, it's like, it's I understand the mechanics of it. I can tell you what's in this box and that box and that. But until you actually go out and ride it, go get lost, then go make the right decision. And then wonder if you're really headed in the right direction and then have to stop because it looks like you're headed in the right direction, but you're not like all of these things. It's like all these emotions and all these experiences that, you know, you could talk about it. all. Yeah, you I, want. I, I, kind of, I kind of leave you this one thing that, that really, you know, when people are going, I wonder if I'd like this and stuff. Mm-hmm. The one thing I found about roadbook riding and stuff is it takes it takes riding that ordinarily wouldn't be all that much fun. Mm-hmm. and adds a new level of fun to it you're you know if if you enjoy this kind of thing if you enjoy kind of the navigation and and you know think hey somebody's trying to get me lost and i'm not going to get lost you can go ride stuff that if you were just riding and just kind of you know, trying to rip it up and go it's like that riding wasn't really all that fun just the riding itself but combined with this navigation stuff it's actually pretty cool yeah. and then and then you really respect what you know the the, the racer guys are doing yeah so yeah, it's like you just made how many decisions on navigation <laughs> at what speed? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's some crazy exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah, but I will say there's a wash in there also that uh, I just I, I question my choices about going on this route with the 790. <laughs> for the, for the people that know how to ride, it'd be probably not that big a deal. But man, I was struggling on that stuff, you know. So. Yeah, I, I know. I know. It's just, it's just too many, too many baby heads in the wash. That's not a. That's that's not an adventure bike. That's not the funnest terrain. No, and then dry sand. <laughs> and, and the squ- and the squ- 
yeah, the square edge, the square edge uh, ridges, and then the the really super soft sand that you just drop into out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but if you're balanced, but if you're all balanced and you got traction, it's no big deal. So that's I told two things. I go well. It, I I I see adventure bike riding in the sand. I'm not I'm not timid like a lot. There's a lot of dry, riders that I always you know. Hey, I want to go on a ride with you because I would go to like Laguna Hansen and and Mike Sky Ranch and the the typical Baja places. And it's like there's sand. Oh no no no. Mm-mm. I don't do sand. I go well. You just kind of have to get used to it and understand that the bike's going to move a little. And speed is your friend. And the bigger the bike, the faster you kind of have to nope, go to get it wrong. Oh, really? Okay. No, nope, wrong. Speed is not your friend. Okay. Speed is your enemy. Yeah, speed, speed, because it'll, it'll, it'll exponentially cause problems. So <laughs> I always tell people, it's like I can ride slower than you in the sand. Interesting. They're like they're like, what? What if you're going to get stuck? I'm like, no, I'm not going to get stuck either. <laughs> but this is, this is see how we teach what? everything a little bit different than what you're. Yeah, yeah I'm, there, 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 there is something. There is something to knowing mm-hmm. what speed you need, what speed to go. Gotcha. But if if just going a little bit faster mm-hmm. was the answer, then you should just go a little bit faster, no matter what. When you feel uncomfortable, you should <laughs> no. go faster. No, no, but, I know what happens but, there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so the 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 reason. Mm-hmm. That, that you need to that you need to know this is is you need to know at what where the the happy zone is where the aha everything is right is because most people they're they're going like you said they're going a little bit too slow and it feels horrible mm-hmm. and you you know just from experience like just go faster but yeah. they have all their bad habits that they're doing that's mm-hmm. causing them to go too slow and they're going to carry that into going a little bit faster they're never going to have that aha moment and they're never going to feel what the right speed is. So the idea is to get them comfortable going slower Mm -hmm. and, and know and feel the incremental steps that comfort comes Mm -hmm. as you, as you go a little bit faster under your terms in your control and it feels better and it feels better. And then it starts feeling worse. And it's like, okay, there we go. Yeah. Cause at that point they're going to, they're never going to feel good Mm -hmm. the way that they're doing it by just going faster. And, Hence the kind of the kind of then we we kind of bring this into a lot of the the different things that we teach like why you do certain things mm-hmm. you want to be able to have this aha moment okay this is I, now oh I feel this because it's experiential learning it's not I can tell you this all day long and you can go try and practice it and until you're actually kind of coached through the mm-hmm. the the techniques um it's uh it's difficult it's, yeah well and. So you're, you know, you're saying this, I'm going, yeah, you know, where have I, where have I seen this? And, and I always been the same, a buddy of mine kind of taught me how to ride dirt bikes. And I remember I could barely ride two miles because I had the death grip on the handlebars. And, and over time, you know, I got more confident and, and then I was like, oh yeah, let's go do 300 miles today. And, you know, on the adventure bike <laughs> and, you know, no big deal. But, you know, I think about it and, and we tried to go, I'm, I'm sure you've been up to Mike's twice, um, <laughs> and you get up to you know you're, you're going through this and the last group that i went through there was four of us only two of us made it up and to me it was no big deal but i would wait for them and it was like they're li- literally doing like three miles an hour and in my head i'm all like dude just stand up and go faster but what you're saying right now i'm glad i didn't say anything because you are right i might have actually gotten them hurt by saying they, that they're 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 they don't feel comfortable and they don't yeah. know why they don't know why they don't feel comfortable i mean mm-hmm. it's the bike move like you said the bike moving around it's just, it's attraction thing it has to do with traction mm-hmm. and largely the 
the sensation that they're having is because they're probably so far out of balance. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain, but you know that that they're so far out of balance in a lot of ways that the bike is doing stuff that that would scare the crap out of you, mm-hmm. and it's scaring them, and that's why they're going that speed because. at at that point it's kind of manageable they can muscle it at that point but Mm -hmm. if they go any faster momentum will take over and it might get better or to get really worse very quick very quickly yeah and i think about it i'm like oh yeah they're you know the things that you're i've to me dirt means stand up and and you can sit down and back it down when you're in a comfortable zone but for the most part i feel like you need to ride standing up because i do know weight transfer like i move forward and back a lot on the bike because i know that that helps and only because I've seen videos. I don't know the exact <laughs> mechanics. It just felt. But then I think. Well, I'm if, going, you've seen, if you've seen videos, if you've seen videos, then I think you can start your own riding school. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's proven. The, the real reason. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you got All you have to have is a good logo. Uh-huh. Uh, give away some products and maybe have cats in your video. And I think you're good. I think I feel like a couple <laughs> of influencers, maybe, you know, pay them to come out and, you know, do the do the riding school. <laughs> yeah. Bitch and logo. Mm hmm. You know, I gotta teach my cat how to ride the freaking motorcycle. That's that's where I or ride up. or ride on it with you, right? I've seen a few. I've seen a few recents where you know the dogs are on the on the handlebars and hanging out on, on dirt bikes, yeah. which is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, there's it, it's you know I'm I'm gonna get more serious about it, and uh, you know you'll you'll probably see me in one of the one of your classes because I like I know it just makes it that much better. I already know that I have Dave was the one. He was like, dude. Look at how much distance is between this note and this note. Like, get on it. Like, dude, you've got time. Go. You know, this is now's your chance to get on the bike and go. You know, you don't have to worry about navigating. And I'm sitting there looking at it going, mm, this is my speed. <laughs> this is, <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've, reached, that's good. I've reached the level of where I'm comfortable on turning this pig in these turns, <laughs> you know. But I recognize that my weakness was turning. And especially in the dirt and, and just always thinking that it's going to wash out. It's going to wash out. I'm just, you know, I'm going to hit the deck and I'm going to have to lift this thing up. And so I know I need help with that. And, you know, I think you're what you were talking like. I've seen some of the balance uh, routines or, or like skill building things that you do, like on the videos yep. that you have. And I'm like, OK, this makes sense. But, you know, it just doesn't. When I'm on the bike, it, it, it doesn't connect the dots yet. I haven't connected the dots yet. That's yeah, what it is. and this is, this is the, biggest, the biggest problem that we, you know, we we hear this and stuff. They're like people a lot of times when we're doing the train, like I don't ride that slow, and I'm like, yeah, but you don't ride that fast either. <laughs> <laughs> well, in their and, mind, and, and and they're and they're very they're very very interconnected because it all comes down to balance. At least when you start going slow. Mm-hmm. You, 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 your balance starts rearing its ugly head and you don't have the momentum and it just shows you kind of like what's going wrong and like oh I, I don't I don't really go that slow and it's like well the reason I can go faster than you is because I'm 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 in better balance when you're going slow the traction isn't so critical mm-hmm. well except for when it's ultimately critical mm-hmm. but you, you you know so it, these these things kind of factor together um so yeah i mean literally you mean you know <laughs> i have a whole podcast about riding <laughs> schools and techniques you can yeah. kind of go on every every which way but it's it's like it's it we, we kind of break this stuff down and kind of simple digestible you know uh, things and 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 you know it's 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 but the the our you know so we fight that i don't ride this slow and the other thing is like well so and so told me <laughs> and, and generally 98 percent of the time so-and-so isn't a riding coach that's been doing it for 20 years and then the other two percent of the time it's like 
yeah, they're a riding coach. They're, they're teaching you something completely different that I don't feel like you're ready for. So, you know, and, and I'm not saying that as an, as a slam or an insult. It's it's just because that's what I see. And I'm not, you know, you're, you're paying, generally you're paying pretty good money to come and train with me Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to waste your time by clapping and saying, yeah, good job. It's like, you're here to learn and I want you to learn. And I, I feel really bad when I don't see you learning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like I'm failing. No, and I mean, that's, you know, because you're actually vested in, you know, them actually doing better. And there is a, I mean, I can, I already know more training, more experience, you're safer and it's a better ride everywhere you go. So yeah, it's just a matter of getting out and, and doing it. Uh, when does your podcast launch or is it already out? The, the, the better rider one pretty soon. I don't know that, that, that you got to talk to the other department about that. <laughs> my, my kid, the kids that are running this shit show around here right now. You're just the talent. Computers. You're the well, talent. It's kind of like, I like to look at it as like Disneyland. So this is Disneyland and I'm Mickey Mouse. But do you think Mickey Mouse goes to the board meetings? No. Uh-uh. Mickey Mouse just goes, yay, and waves his hand and stuff. And, and just like, just smiles a lot. I don't smile. I'm kind of an ass. But the, these the, the, so I got I got the kids in here that are that are taking over the thing and they're Walt Disney and they're going to figure it out for me. There you go. I hope so. All right. All right. <laughs> and I'm just I'm just like I'm just blessed because I've been able to to ride dirt bikes for a living. Yeah. You know, is is in reality, and that's still what I do to this day. Awesome. And and I, I I enjoy it. Like I really really enjoy riding dirt bikes and the people it's been brought me around, the places I've got to go. Um, it's, it's been awesome. And I, I, I want to keep that ball rolling. Yeah. Well, it's all I'm, good. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I know I've, like, I've seen the videos. I just never actually committed and said, like, I'm doing it. So, um, yeah, when we, when you, when you do that, then you can come back on we can do a, the thing about the, we can do a thing about the class. Yeah. You can, you can, you can, then, then, then you'll know yeah. <laughs> right now we're just talking in a, in theory. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks great on paper. It sounds great over the airwaves. Wait until you're. <laughs> Your ass is actually here. <laughs> you can come. You can come back and go. That's such a smoke and mirror show. That guy should just take a hike. <laughs> well, you got me at the. Lo- so you're there, right? You've got the the MLM videos, right? You know, this is what we do, and then you've got the logo. So you know, this could be. <laughs> no, except except you've been to Dakar a couple times, and you know you've. <laughs> I still oh, I have some credibility. The, yeah, you have some yeah. credibility. There's a couple no namers that raced and got lucky once, you know, and you know, so you know, we don't. Yeah, know. <laughs> no, they happen it, to be on a factory all ride. The, but you know, all the, it's, it's it's like all these guys that have done well and stuff. They they earned it. They yeah. they put the time in, and and there's no, like there's no magic wand to any of this stuff. And I I always I always say that, yeah. and and you know, there's people that have kind of come and gone. And they think they have something different going and maybe they do. And, and when they prove it to us, we'll figure out how to, how to do it different. But mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're, we're pretty happy with what we're doing and we're, you're always working harder than everybody else. I know this. Yeah. yeah. A friend, a uh, friend that I used to work with, he's like, that's what he said. He said, when I show up to work, I want to be the hardest working person in the room. Nobody's going to out hustle me. And that you always just kind of stuck first one in last one out. And you, you put the I wish the in. kids. I wish the kids knew this today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I see it all the time. You know, now now growing up, and I see you know older, and my parents always like like I remember the first time I asked my mom for a raise when I was working in the family business, and she said, "What else are you going to do for us?" And I was like, "Whoo!" <laughs> now I think about it and laugh, but back then I was like, "Damn, I just got put in the hot seat," you know, where I thought yeah. it was a layup, and and but that was the you know nowadays it's like. 
well, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, I want to talk about my race. Okay, what did you, well, I haven't been late. <laughs> I haven't called in sick. Yeah. And <laughs> what are you going to do for me now? Well, yeah. I'm going to come in a little bit later, work a little less, you, yeah. know, you know, be more efficient. Yeah, something like that. They'll throw some, they'll throw some really hot phrases into the yeah, there we go. They'll yeah, pivot yeah. from that original thing, and mm-hmm. and uh, they'll they'll probably you know Kate, uh, answer your question with another question. Another question, yeah. And then you get confused because you're old, and you're just like, huh? Yeah. Oh, K- okay. K- KPI ROI. You know, throw out the initials. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me on an acronyms. I don't even know what any of those things mean. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you do know how to read French. <laughs> uh, used to. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Now it's in English. Hey, we, we got we, we got them to switch to English. It's better. It's kind of not really English, but it's close enough. I I was working at one of the rallies, and one of the guys was like, uh, "You know, here comes the." I just spent all this fucking time learning how to read French, and now you're switching it to English. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, the arrows still mean the same. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know my left from my right. That's the other. That's the other interesting um, Jimmy Lewis fact is I don't know. I it takes me a long time to figure out left from right. So so all the 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 gauche and douche or whatever the heck those things were. <laughs> I just made sure I was on the right side of the arrow and it was pointing the direction I needed to go. There you go. <laughs> and this is for those playing the home game. This is very important because there's a difference between finding a bivouac and then finding the no go zone. <laughs> <laughs> especially in especially in Africa back then. So you don't want to end up in the wrong part of the country there. Mm-mm. Yeah, but awesome. Well, Jimmy, I am forever grateful for you taking the time and uh, getting on the podcast with us and sharing some of your experiences and knowledge. No, thanks for thanks for having me. It's like I said, it's just uh, everything worked out, and I'm I'm stoked to be on. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm I enjoy everything the sport's giving me, and trying to give a little bit back, even though it's my job. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right? what, what what's the proverb? It's uh, you pick something you love, and you'll never have to work a day in your life. So. Oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I look at it as I never get a day off. No days off. This is true. <laughs> this is true there are no days off but that's you know hey if you're always trying to do it better and and you know something's going down and you know that's just part of it so but awesome so i'm gonna share i've got uh jimmy lewis com. that's that's the website I, i'm on the classes part right now uh i'll keep an eye out for the podcast stuff to be launched so i can get uh get that link out there too and of course i'll subscribe to it and i want to listen to it because obviously learn some more um facebook you do uh, we we do we have uh, Jimmy Lewis off road training I think is our Facebook thing okay and we have we have uh, the the Instagrams we do that I do I think there's something on Twitter I don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll I'll get in touch I'll I'll talk to your yeah, people <laughs> yeah just hit the just just hit the internet and they'll fig- they'll figure it I think it, it self learns and it does it all for you so uh, let me tell you good. about some scary shit with Facebook but you know hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I probably experienced it before. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I did a little bit of Facebook marketing, and yeah, there's some pretty crazy tools in there. So yeah, I, in my in my publishing career, I learned I learned all about this and and know quite a bit about the a lot of the AI behind some of this stuff, which is it's 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 literally it's scary, and I just hope it doesn't dumb us down to the level of idiocracy. <sighs> kind of close though. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Getting, if, uh, what is it? Uh, universe was it? Universe twenty five. Completely side. Completely out of the blue type. There was a uh, an experiment I recently read about Universe twenty five. I think it was or something like that, 
where this dude did an experiment with a, a, a utopia for rats and mice. Uh-huh. And he just watched their behavior. And I won't give it all away, but he did it 600 times, right? The, everything died off and then started over. He did it 600 times. And every single time, it was the same thing, the same result. Of just this so, calling. so th- is this is this a is this a study or is it a yeah. movie? No, it's a study that he did. It's a study. Okay, I want to. Yeah. I'm gonna. I, I, it's kind of funny because now I want to. I totally want to. Uh, I, you know, and it's scary when we talk about connecting the dots. It was like I started looking at, it and then you look at society today, and you're going, "Oh shit." <laughs> well, universe 25 experiment i see it there in my oh yeah there you go yeah so it was universe 25 yeah and i was like and i read through the whole thing and then i was like oh you know yeah that's you know that was a one-time deal and then the last thing was like and then he did it 599 more times or whatever what like it wasn't like a couple more times no he like ran this all the way down the field yeah <laughs> some crazy stuff yeah you know i i this none of this stuff surprised me anymore i mean it's it's uh <laughs> Right. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I've, I don't have children. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm, on that, I'm on that team, too. Yeah. I go, nope, yeah. Nope, uh, I'm, smart I'm, people are not reproducing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't want to feel responsible for bringing somebody into this. Although, you know, it seems like we we're pretty resilient. <laughs> True. But everything you're saying, right. You wait until you read that. You're going to trip on that. I mean, I was just like it was yeah. a total like I was like, oh, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, I didn't, and I've, I've resolved myself. I'm going, nope, I'm going to be the one that's telling the teacher that they're wrong and I don't want that being taught to my kid. And next thing you know, the PTA meeting goes south and I have to move to Mexico because you know, things. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Not well, you know, I, it's like, I try to spend my days being a doctor and a lawyer and a politician on the internet, but I should really just stick to motorcycle riding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is why, no, I don't, this yeah. is why I really don't do social media too much. I, no. It's like, it's like, I know what I want to say. I'm smart enough not to. Yeah. <laughs> and that ladies and gentlemen is wisdom. <laughs> Knowing when to right. turn it off. <laughs> awesome. All right, Drew, I'll let you get to it. I got a Okay, thanks a lot. I appreciate up. it. No, absolutely. I appreciate you coming on here and uh and yeah, so we'll be uh we'll be in touch. Yeah, just uh send me a link when it goes and I'll share it on my social stuff and and we'll go good from there. Awesome. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks a lot. Right, See you. Thank you. See ya. All right. So that, ladies and gentlemen, I'll change the voice up here a little bit. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Jimmy Lewis. I, I see him as a Dakar legend, right? He's, you know, one of the guys out there making it happen and, and riding on the, uh, on the big boy bikes, right? So 1,000 cc's. I'm not sure if it was 1,000 cc's. I don't know if the rules were like that, but maybe I'll ask him about that or he'll chime in. But, uh, yeah, absolutely stoked. And, um, you know, uh, definitely eye-opening at the end, you know, where I was thinking, like, I've always been of the school of thought, like, when you get into the sand, you got to get up on plane. You got to build some speed. You got to get the momentum. You know, just go faster. Uh, and things will work out and, um, and, you know, he's right. So that I think for me is, is definitely the, like, you know what, I really want to do the, uh, do the class and do the stuff. And I've watched some of his videos before and, and, you know, talking about getting uncomfortable, putting yourself in uncomfortable, uncomfortable controlled situations until you get used to it. And then, you know, you go from there and grow. So, uh, definitely going to be looking forward to doing that, um, you know, soon, but I'm definitely not going over there when it's 106 degrees. Yep. Nope. They say you get used to it. I don't know. Nope. Negative. Not going to do that. But anyway, man, 
it was a pretty good show. I didn't, you know, I was thinking maybe I was going to spend like 30 minutes with him because I know he's busy and got a bunch of stuff going on and all that, but we're at an hour and 43 minutes. Uh, so I think we're going to call it wraps for today. So I will be sharing the links for, remember, it's uh, jimmylewisoffroad.com. That is the website if you want to learn more about it. And then also follow him on uh, Facebook. I've been watching actually the the DBT or Dirt Bike Test uh, Tech Talk on Tuesdays. Uh, it's actually pretty cool. I've learned some stuff about the bikes. And uh, he's, you know, actually goes out, rides the bike, flogs the thing, and, and knows and, and, and rides them. And so uh, I think it's uh, – I've, I've learned a lot of stuff from it. And, you know, I've I've made my notes, and, and I really look forward to, you know, watching the episodes and doing that stuff. And now that I hear he's got a podcast coming, yes. So anyway, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, we will be back again uh, next week, you guys will be hearing this on Sunday, um, but we'll be back again next week. We've got a few more guests lined up, some really, really cool stuff. Uh, so I am looking forward to sharing and, uh, and yeah, and, and happy stuff and get some riding in poor bike just sits there. It's like a trailer queen, but at least it's clean. You know, got to keep him guessing. Does he actually get this bike dirty or what? But I don't know. Anyway, see ya. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and, of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week. Bye.